If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. <laughs> What's up with the sound effect? I was waiting. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. Um, I, by the way, I got to get new sound effects. The, so you, maybe we should take that. Wait, wait, this is so unprofessional. Let's just take it all over again. Okay, from the no, top. It, no, it's funny this way. Okay, it's better this way. All right, so lovely. I'm a rewind tape. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Welcome, everyone, to another wonderful episode of Everything is Personal. As always, my co-host, the lovely John Small. John Small, John Small, John Small, John Small. <laughs> Thank you, Len. I'm super excited. I'll tell you, not only because you're on, obviously, because I'm always excited to see you, but man, we have a really special guest with us. I'm not even sure that I can give the intro justice, so I'll let our guest introduce himself, but I'll do like a really brief introduction. Mr. Josh Hollandon, who is not only a biohacker, who is a fitness and nutrition expert, but also works with a lot of celebrities. I'm not, I'm not name dropping for you. You can do that yourself unless you permit me to do so. But I was uh, also honored to be on Josh's podcast. And we'll talk about that for a little bit. But Josh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Josh. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. I love the back and forth with the intro because, <laughs> you know, my my having my own show, which Lynn was a part of as well recently, I understand how it goes. And sometimes it's best to just leave it as it is and, you know, right. roll with the, the, the curtain back, pull the curtain back on the show. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not that professional. We just we're just stumbling all over ourselves. But I think it's fun. It's, it's just John and I having a conversation and you're part of our conversation. That's all. absolutely. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. In fact, Lynn, I love how you you kind of stumbled over, you know, biohacker and fitness expert and, you know, and things of that nature, because part of what I try to do, I set out to try not to be pigeonholed into one category of things that I do. I don't know how much you've looked into some of the other things, the other interviews I've done, but I make a point to make it that way. So it kind of puts a smile on my face when a person is like, well, wait, wait what is it you do? <laughs> That's by design. That's yeah. good. So what, what so. do you do? <laughs> yeah, good, good question. Besides have, the stuff that I just okay. said, <laughs> so I stumble over it. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's an easy lead in. Basically, I spend my time researching and experiencing as much as I can within the health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, and biohacking fields. I think biohacking right now is one of those saturated and overused terms, but it is a good term to sort of describe what it is I do in a nutshell. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, what you also alluded to is 
I work with a lot of uh, celebs and high profile people. And the importance of mentioning that is not to look cool or sound cool or anything like that, but it's just to let people know the amount of care that it takes, the amount of professionalism that it takes, the passion that lies within it. Because obviously celebs and high profile people can work with anyone. They have the means and resources to work with anyone. And so why is it do they choose to work with people like myself doing what I do? And it's because of the, the care, the diligence that I take to research the things that I do. And, you know, and we can obviously we can get into that. I know you guys are into music. And so we can talk about maybe some of the clients that I work with in those in those ways. And, and obviously, because I'm bound by NDAs, I can't really go into too much detail in what I do. But I'm happy to talk about whatever you guys want when it comes to these no. these things. I want 10 names right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's well, a couple okay. there are a couple that you have on, you know, Instagram and stuff on social that you've already Right. Shared. So there's some you're allowed to share. Yeah, I mean, listen, let's put it this way. I I can mention who whoever I want because it's not that I like the NDAs don't keep me from saying who I work with. It's just really about like not revealing too much about their, no, what they do in their yeah, you know, things like that, as you, as you know. So one of the reasons why I'm here in LA as we speak is because I've been based in New York for the past 16 years and COVID has really sort of shifted everything. And so I was working with my company System Fit, which is still barely <laughs> running, mm. but um, we had to shut down the studio and um, I was sort of left without a job, so to speak, although I do have my private clients and my personal side of the business. But, you know, I have to also look out for all of my, the trainers that work with me. And, and I got a call from, from Madonna who I had been working with for ever since like 2008. And, you know, it was like off and on being that I had my own company and my own business. And every time she would be like in New York and she needed my help, she would reach out to me or, it wouldn't even necessarily always just for work. It would be sometimes just to come and hang out. And the level at which I work with clients, it allows for more of a, more of just a working relationship. It, it almost becomes like a family, it becomes more like a friendship. And so when it came time for this pandemic, she was at the point in her career where they had to cancel the last two weeks of her, her recent tour. Hmm. So when she was sort of forced to come back to New York to hunker down for the pandemic, it was like, Hey, I need to reach out to some, some people that I, that are close to me, close enough to me to want to quarantine with me, you know, for <laughs> however much time. And of course, because, you know, she quickly pointed out to me like, well, Josh, you don't really have much going on anyway, do you? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I, I said yes. And that turned out to be very eye opening for me because I was asked to do things that I don't normally do. And I feel like the entire group of us, we were all quarantined together, which means we were all very safe. And we we did actually quarantine because we we were all tested and things like that. But, you know, I was doing much more than just fitness training. I was essentially a, a Manny, if you will, <laughs> you know, um, whatever that means. And so that was really cool because someone at her caliber, at her level, it, it's like it's all about respect. And so right. she wouldn't have me do something that she hadn't done already. I mean, and this is someone who's an icon who's who's changed the name of the game many times over. So to be a part of that and to, yeah. to have a glimpse and be able to have conversations day in and day out, 
And then to have her respect me enough to ask me, hey, what do you think I should do about my pain or my issues or whatever? Right. I, I'm just thrilled to be a part of that conversation. And that doesn't happen with just her. That happens with all of my clients. Did you happen to give her an ozone treatment as well as you did with me? And maybe you can describe that. I'll describe my experience from my standpoint. It took me. Let me just. Let me I'll just. just say it this way, John. It disclaimer. took me two days to re- fully recover from that. Not. I'm not saying that it, it was a negative experience. It was just a completely odd experience I've never ever had before. Uh, so let's just put it this way. <laughs> let's. Un- I, I think I'll say it this way. I will allow any of my clients, any and all of my clients, to experience ozone. There you go. Can we explain what yeah. that is? Because I don't know what <laughs> yeah, that is. Please. Yeah, because, okay, you know, on, on I guess for people, I want people to know that I don't, uh, I'm not a doctor and I don't administer ozone to people like via injections. But what I will do is allow them to, uh, so I have here behind me, I have my ozone machine that um, you can do many different types of insufflations. And insufflation is basically just a way of administering the ozone gas into the body. So via the nose, which would be a nasal insufflation or um, the ears. Um, I mean, I don't know how, how deep you guys want to go into this show, but you can go, you can go, go deep. I, you, go is, deep. Uh, I don't know what else I'm thinking of the other orifices. You could put it in. all of them. <laughs> okay, all okay, of the orifices. All right. Yeah, let's all right. Put, well, and we can stop at that, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I, I am one to say that again, I, I won't have any of my clients do anything I wouldn't do. And so I've done, I've administered in every orifice on my body. So, um, and, and, and some of them are like an, interesting. Like an ozone colonic yeah. in a way. Well, yeah. And yeah. then yeah, after yeah. Josh so, did his, then he administered mine orally. No, yes. don't even go. <laughs> yeah. and, Can we, this is. <laughs> all right, all right. We want to cut this out. It, it's right. not part of the yeah, show. Yeah, right. <laughs> So here, here's the thing. Um, rectal insufflation, what you just alluded to, John, yes. is um, is an amazing, it's probably the most, um, it's the closest effectiveness to IV insufflation or, mm. or IV ozone treatment. And it's about a 95% um, as effective as doing it via IV. Mm. But it's a much easier uh, way of administering it at a high level. So I find that to be much more interesting. Because again, I'm not going to have a phlebotomist come over every day or every week, nor would I want to subject any of my clients to doing that. But what I can do is say to a person, if you've got any kind of ailment that you're wanting to work through, especially when it comes to like digestion or any kind of virus overload or anything, any bacteria related issue, um, we can use ozone and ozone has been shown <laughs> to be very effective for a lot of different ailments. And basically, just to kind of go into the science a little bit, ozone is, is O3. And we know oxygen being O2, so two oxygen molecules, but ozone is O3, so it's three oxygen molecules. And it becomes very unstable, and, and, and it's that extra molecule starts to float around and looks for things that it can either attach to or destroy. And I I treat it sort of like, I like to explain it similar to that of exercise and that there, it creates a hormetic effect within the body. That hormetic effect is, is another analogy to use. There is sort of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so with ozone, like you experienced Lynn, you said you kind of felt, uh, you know, you could say it like you felt 
kind of shitty for you know a couple of days or whatever that whatever that feeling was. I felt shitty for it, day one, really shitty, and day two I felt better, but still not a hundred percent. And if I can describe my feeling on that, it, it was sort of this. Uh, it's very difficult to describe. It's an uneasiness. So there is a in my nasal cavity. It felt like uh, there was something there that was. Uh, and, and Josh, you told me that stuff that's trying to come out. So I'm not gonna. You know, you can talk about that a little bit more. Not the big reveal, but it made me feel <laughs> like uh, every everything was. It was like my my nasal cavity was tickling, and I, I wanted to sneeze. And it was just like my head felt a little fuzzy. So that's sort of the feeling in it. And then physically, I felt like that too, a little bit sluggish for a couple of days. So that, that's my that's my feedback on it. And one thing I think that is important to point out is what you experienced with me, Lynn, is I always make sure that a person understands fully what they're getting themselves into, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've been there myself, you know, I've, I've done it myself, but then I've also experienced it enough with other people to be able to say, hey, look, this is probably what you're going to feel. Yeah. So when it comes to you feeling that, don't be afraid or, yeah. you know, don't don't worry because it's very normal. And I always feel like if I explain that first and foremost, I sort of mitigate any any worry. Yeah. Now, I know this. The worry is still there. <laughs> I know the worry is still I there. I did Google. I did Google. I got deep down in the WebMD and everything else <laughs> to see. Holy shit! There's something called ozone poisoning. Do I have that and all that? But no, I was I was I was cool because it's a similar conversation that we have with people that consume cannabis. You may oh, have an adverse sure. event, but don't worry because nobody's ever died from it. So exactly, exactly. So because of even my experience in the whole cannabis world. That's also something that I, I figured, okay, I was eased out of the worry in the cannabis world. So let me do what I can to ease other people out of this, this ozone thing. And, and for sure, one thing that people should notice, especially when they're listening to this right now, you can go and you can start Googling. And it's for sure that you should not ever inhale ozone directly. Hmm. What we did with you, Lynn, was via olive oil. So you need some kind of oil carrier to be able to create ozonides so that you're breathing in ozonides instead of direct ozone because ozone is way too harsh for the lung tissue. So this is what people are going to see when they Google like, okay, well, should I inhale ozone? No, you should not because it it would be bad. But also depending on how much gunk you have in your nasal cavity or in your chest or whatever, whatever you're trying to get rid of, like I said to you, Lynn, is be prepared for it to come up. So wherever this mucus has been hiding, this bacteria likes mucus. It likes to hide into the mucus. It likes mm-hmm. to hide into the, the the crevices throughout the nasal cavity in the chest. Ozone is going to go in and find it. Like, what's up? I see you, <laughs> right? And it brings it up. And so then I always encourage people to blow your nose, to cough up whatever is coming up. And you're probably going to get phlegm for a couple of days. And Mariah was here with us that yeah. day too. Mm-hmm. And she was like you, but maybe worse. And she's yeah, done I know. It. We, we've been texting back and forth. Oh, okay. like, are you, are you poisoned too? Just like me? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're talking worse. about Madonna. Are we talking about Mariah Carey here or no? No. Okay. Oh, no, no. My, my, <laughs> okay. um, my content creator. Her name okay. Is, okay. Uh, just, you know, Mariah. I mean, we're, yes, we're dealing Mariah. with a big, big time trainer. <laughs> exactly. so I just want to make sure I'm not talking yeah. about Mariah Carey. <laughs> but what I will say is back to that, that point I made earlier, when this terrible pandemic hit, People who know me immediately called me and was like, bro, what, what should I have? What should I get? Uh, I won't make any claims. 
But the couple of things that I would say to have in your kit, to always have with you, no matter what, is a nebulizer, Mm -hmm. um, food grade hydrogen peroxide, Mm -hmm. normal saline, which is also known as medical grade saline, Mm -hmm. and ozone. Any kind of like ozone setup you can get your hands on. I have, you know, the professional medical grade ozone machines, but you don't have to go that far or at least have access to someone that has it. And I myself, I've done 10 pass. I've done many different types of ozone insufflations where you do get injections and your body doesn't always accept the ozone IV. Mm-hmm. That I have to, to say, and, and I've experienced it myself where my vein has like blown up to the size of a small balloon, Jeez. not a balloon, but you know, like, yeah. like a little, a little like a uh, drug balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, a mule, like, a mule, like a mule might, what? but you know, John knows. <laughs> I don't know about orifices, <laughs> like a mule might right, stick right. in the orifice. Okay. Right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so. That being said, when I had a group of people who were worried about this virus floating around, I was the, the probably one of the first calls a lot of people made. And that's because I'm, I'm able to at least help show them what I do. And then if they choose to do that, then I can show them how to do that on themselves as well. And so that's the idea. There's a lot more we could talk about when it comes to all this stuff. But these are the things that I, I like to talk about because what got my claim to fame, if you will, is me being a fitness trainer, but we haven't talked about anything movement or fitness yet. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so it's, it's what got me into the door. But then when people started to really understand that, like, wait a minute, because of social media, because of word of mouth, because of the things I've done for other clients, people are like calling me and they're, they're texting me, they're DMing me. And they're like, and now that I have a podcast, I can start to talk more about these things. And so, now it's opening up the question, which is the idea of me being a holistic trainer. That's what I ultimately am, a holistic coach, whatever you want to call that. So there was also a helmet uh, with lights on it. So yeah. I wanted to, uh, since you're going over your tricks and interesting gadgets that you have, maybe you can talk to us about that. Oh, thing. wow. He's showing it. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, this... <laughs> it's like a speed yeah, racer. So this... Yeah. Yeah. This is I the... Did that um, the 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 laser helmet the labor weber laser medical helmet or weber medical laser helmet and there's um there's a lot of research in the field of photobiomodulation mm-hmm. which is as a scientific or fancy word for basically light therapy mm-hmm. and there's many different spectrums of light and we as humans can only see a small small bit of the light spectrum there's so many t- types of light like for instance we can't see x-ray light and also like microwave lights and things like that, but we can feel them. Mm -hmm. And what we can do with this this helmet is we can direct the light lasers. We can direct that to parts of the brain and then we can set the different frequencies based on the different ailments that you might want. So for instance, we can make hair grow. Um, Didn't work with Lynn. Did you say? uh, (laughs) (laughs) It might not work with me either. We could try. It's it's getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You know, there's, it's I don't too late for me, protocols. Josh. Don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not the best example for yeah. that. You, you got to try it on John. He <laughs> exactly. still has no, some hair. Believe me. I have He's a got some hair. Hope. I have one hair. I have one hair left. All right. Maybe we'll grow two. <laughs> yeah. With the hair growth protocols, there's, there are 
different apparatuses out there that talk about hair growth and things like that. And it's, it's all about like stimulation, the collagen and fibers and elastin fibers within the hair. And, and, and there is some research to show that, but we use this more for higher level uh, issues. So um, I have uh, some clients that are battling Parkinson's. I have clients that deal with migraines. I have clients that deal with a whole host of things. I personally like to use it for the gamma frequency. So, you know, we can get in into gamma by really focusing on meditating. And sometimes it takes people years to learn how to meditate to get to that level. I like to cheat it a little bit and I like to thrust my brain into gamma by putting on their certain frequencies on the helmet and then I do my meditation. Right. Mm. Or if I want to be in, in theta, yeah. I can set the frequencies for that. Or if I want to be high performing in beta, then I can do that as well. So it's all about using technology, but matching it up with ancient wisdom, right. ancestral wisdom as well. Right. Because notice I mentioned the gadget, but I also mentioned the meditation right. and we can go back and forth in between, or we can just stick to whatever it is. I almost don't care as long as you get there. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. So one of the things, and I know John was thinking like David Banner, Incredible Hulk, when you were talking about gamma, I could see in his eyes that he was all uh, (laughs) going to turn green and too much gamma. One of the things that you mentioned was your essential kit, you know, during COVID and all the things that you should have. Uh, One thing you omitted from there was cannabis. Uh, Is that part of the essential (laughs) kit? Well, that should be a given. You know, it's like <laughs> it's wrapped. In, it's all the kid is wrapped in cannabis. Exactly. Yeah, look, I got dreadlocks. I got the I got the, you know, the 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 hoodie. Like, I don't know. I just figure it's a given. Um, But no, it's a very, very good point, Lynn. You know, one of the reasons why you and I met is because of this, the cannabis world right. and because of my interest in personalized medicine. And and I think the thing that was most fascinating about my wanting to connect with you was because of what you're doing with the technology to show people ways. So rather than me say to a person, no, trust me, this is, this is might be the right one for you. It's now we can put the science to it. And so we, we showed that with the podcast that we did together. Yeah. And well, I just um, want to disclaim just so everybody knows that you actually took the endodna test and on your podcast, I went over your results with you for the first time. I've never seen oh, them cool. So I just wanted to kind of disclaim that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. And, and it was so fascinating. And again, like, like I said with the ozone, all of my clients are intrigued. <laughs> okay. So, and I knew that that would be the case because there's a lot of vilification in the world of, of cannabis in that people are known as potheads and people are known as whatever. And then when you talk to me and if I disclose that I am a user, I'm a consumer, people are like, huh? Yeah. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't ever assume that you would be a pothead, but I'm like, oh, I'm not a pothead. Or, <laughs> or if I am a pothead, like I'm a high functioning pothead. And yeah. what does that mean to you? Right? Right, right. And like we talked about on my show, I really don't like similar to, my being pigeonholed in what I do for work. I don't like when the term cannabis is pigeonholed as just one thing. Right. Right. And I know we talked about that, but you know, it's like people will say to me, Oh, you know, I, I, no, nah, I don't, I don't smoke weed. Yeah. Hmm. The weed, weed is not good for me. It doesn't work for me. 
Right. Well, what does that mean? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like saying food doesn't work for you. Right. Because right. you had a, you know, you had a, <laughs> a bad situation with food poisoning or whatever, or ozone yeah. poisoning. Ozone's not for me. Well, <laughs> you know, what, what type of insulation did you do? You know, yeah, exactly. like, and, and who'd you do it with? Did you do it with that crazy <laughs> dude, Josh? <laughs> so cannabis is definitely a big part of my life. And, and that's one of the things I called out on my show for the first time. And I have lots of people listening that, that know me and they're all like, dude, I had no idea. Mm. And I'm like, well, I think that's good. Is that what you're saying? Because it's yeah, like, right. I use it for various purposes. And now that I know even more about how my DNA reacts to it because of the, the, the kit, the right. Indo DNA kit, I now have dived even deeper my sleep has improved even better because I have the right type of terpene profiles. And now (laughs) when I go into a store, I now, when I see like CBD or THC or whatever, I'm kind of like, what, 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 what terpenes are in there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You're asking the right questions. Exactly. And that's, and that's, I think there's the biggest takeaway from there. It's empowering you with information knowledge because all these things are part of overall health and wellness. And that's sort of what you're doing. And to me, that was always biohacking. Biohacking, to me, my definition is trying to find what things exist on there with the overall knowledge of my body that I can tweak personally that are specific to me. And I would try anything you know, within limits to see what I can do to improve myself in some way. And like guys, like you were talking about, Danny Hester, Mr. Olympia was on, People wouldn't think. I mean, the guy is a competitive bodybuilder. Mr. Olympia is a, a, an enormous guy. He's also a nurse and really, really takes care of himself to the umpteenth degree. And being a cannabis user himself, people are like, really? I thought you'd just lay on the couch and eat chips. Well, look at Danny. Look at you. And uh, we want to get that stigma out of people's minds that, you know, your, your brain on drug, Reagan era and Nixon and all that other stuff. So I'm really grateful for you. I'm uh, curious how, how Josh uses cannabis though. Like, cause you are so high functioning and mm-hmm. obviously really bright and with it and, and focused and you know, the stigma of cannabis, like, you know, that you would be kind of like spacey or whatever, which we know isn't true, but right. you mentioned you, you use it to help you sleep. Do you use it like on a daily basis? Like do you use it bef- before you work out or. It really depends on, on the day, but I would say most, if not all of my podcasts, my own podcast, I consume at some some point. Mm-hmm. And when I say consume, that obviously alludes to the fact that I do more than just smoke because smoking for me is is the more difficult one, even though I do know that there are certain, you know, what is it, the CB1 receptors that allow for greater usage of the, the actual smoke. But I also like to mitigate the uh, any carcinogens. Mm-hmm. So if, if I can do that in a clean way, then I do focus on doing that. But usually I will do like, um, I like rosins mm-hmm. because yeah. the rosins are really, really clean. The extraction process is what I care about, right? So I don't want to inhale or consume. Just to let people know, when you're creating rosins, what you're doing, you're, you're taking the entire plant and you're creating concentrate from the entire plant that actually maintains the integrity of the plant in a concentrated way. So you're decarboxylating, you're heating it up, you're converting those molecules, but you're maintaining it. Usually when people get vapes or other things, they may focus on a few of the molecules, but this maintains the integrity of the plant. And in full disclosure, we did consume for the show. And I don't think 
I don't we think did. anybody we talked for. Wait, this uh, show you guys consume without me? Uh, <laughs> we can consume right now. No, Josh. Oh, okay, I thought you guys we, were both. We definitely could right now. All right, right. Yeah, we no could just all. I have yeah. my tincture right here. I can just stay. Uh, so the rosin. So the rosin is like a. That's what they call dabbing on the right. When when you is it is that what that is? And is it like a a vape like a bong almost? Like how would you consume it from the rosin? The rosins that I get, and, and thanks for that explanation, because I, I knew, Lynn, if anybody could explain it, you could, brother. <laughs> um, I look at it more as a paste as uh -huh. opposed to the dabs. Yeah. So some of the dabs that I've seen, and I know there's many different types out there, but they are they still are a little bit more liquidy. Yeah. But the the rosins that I like are literally like paste, like Play-Doh. Mm -hmm. And you just scoop a little bit. And, and I, I have this um, thing called a Puffco. Right. And it's like a little ceramic... Uh, heating unit mm -hmm. that just warms up or or heats the the rosin and it creates this nice vapor yeah. so it's a it, it's a very clean way and i used to before that i used to do a normal vape pen but to create that oil there's still some kind of extraction chemical that's in there that we're also additive. yeah exactly so the moment that i i learned about rosins and how much more clean it is. And then even when I felt it, I was like, I immediately started giving away all of my, my vape <laughs> products. Right. I mean, like some people would be like, Oh dude, so you're like poisoning all your friends or whatever, but it's like, no, <laughs> it, they don't care. They're just yeah. like, Oh, you hooking me up with this, like high, like this top shelf stuff. Sure. I'll yeah. take it. You know, for instance, what I also like is um, I like to eat cannabis raw sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I, I've done it. I don't do it regularly, but there are some benefits from taking it in at like a plant, almost like a salad. So you can yeah. either, you can either juice it or you can, you can add it into a smoothie or you can literally just eat it. And I've done that before. You know, where I first got the idea of doing that um, was from the movie, um, Super Troopers. Mm -hmm. Super Troopers. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. remember, remember when the guy in the back seat was like, he was like, he I can't. Yeah, he was freaking out. Like, I'm freaking out, man. But what's interesting about that is that actually is, according to my research, is actually false because you should not be, you should not have any psychoactive effects if you don't heat it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. So what you're eating is the acid version of the cannabinoids. So you're consuming THCA, mm -hmm. uh, CBDA, whatever that is. In the process of heating it, it's called decarboxylation. That acid molecule falls off, and then you convert it to delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC, which then binds the receptor. By the way, Dr. Rafael Mosholem, who is the, the godfather of the endocannabinoid system, he has a whole research project that he's now going forward on acid molecules and the benefits of the acid molecules. So consuming the raw plant, uh, he, they're synthesizing it. So our body definitely needs that. And there is research to support that, but it's not about getting high. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people within my circle that have started to adopt. And I'm not saying I came up with this, but I like to say elevated, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like be, because elevation or elevated, it assumes like a higher sense of consciousness, so to right, speak. Yeah. Right. And that's literally what, why I do it. I create the intention. I'm not doing it before a podcast so I can be like, dude, no, <laughs> no, that's cause that I'm talking about real stuff that I hope people can pass on to other people. So I need to be focused. I and mean, what it helps me do specifically me 
It helps me to zero in on whatever it is I'm talking about or yeah. whatever it is I'm doing. Lynn, I think your story is amazing when you talked about when you were in school and how you oh, yeah. figured out the that like the windows, yeah, the, yeah. right? And you gave a great analogy about the windows open on the screen. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, it's like you kind of get rid of all the windows and you focus on the one window. Um, I'm not saying I have ADD, but that's almost like what it feels like to me. Right. It, it feels like I'm able to hyper focus on one thing or maybe a couple of things, but I can get, I'll get it done. I do my best reading. If you yeah. can believe this or not, I do my best reading when I'm elevated. Yeah. I do my best. And this one's an easy one to figure out, but I do my best meditations when I'm elevated. Yeah. Right. So now obviously there's different uh, modes and different types that I might be consuming. But one thing that I realized is in the sports sector, so I'm a big basketball player. I, mean, I, yeah. I love basketball. Basketball has been a big part of my life for many years. And I remember when I was in college, by this time, I hadn't drank a drop of alcohol. I didn't drink until I was 21. I didn't consume cannabis until I was 24. Mm-hmm. And because it was the stigma around it. It's like, you want to be Josh, like, because I had to get a scholarship to go to school. Right. I, I, we were too poor to do otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. So Josh, if you want the best possibility or the best opportunity to get school for free, then you need to do everything you got to do. So don't drink, don't smoke, don't do any of that. Don't go to parties. You know, I had a curfew. Even when I was um, a senior in high school, I had a curfew on the weekends at midnight. Wow. Right. So this was just to kind of harness the best potential. But is that really harnessing the best potential? Right. Because what I understood when I got to college one of the, well, a couple of the best players on my basketball team were getting high before every <laughs> game, before every practice. And I'm like, something was going on in my head, this shift of like, either yeah. this guy would be way more amazing if he didn't smoke, right. or I would be way more amazing if I did smoke. Uh-huh. <laughs> and awesome. I, can, I can say this. There was a couple times when my my assistant coach, I won't say what school, uh, my assistant coach, former NBA basketball player who was well known for smoking weed, there was a couple times he would say to me, Josh, you need to smoke a blunt or something. He was like, you're out there running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Right. And I was thinking to myself, that doesn't even make sense. Like, this dude is crazy. Now it makes sense. It because, yeah. Yeah, because since then, you know, I've, I've had some of the, my most amazing games when I'm hitting every shot and I'm getting steals and I'm hitting, you know, passes because for me, it almost felt like, and feels like I'm in the matrix. You know how the matrix movie, the bullets coming yeah, yeah. at um, All slow. Homeboy. suddenly yeah. you can see it. Yeah. That's what it felt like when I played, you know, and obviously once you get the profile, the ratios right. correct for you, once you know what works best for you, then it's like, why wouldn't you do it? So so anyway, yeah, that, that's, that's a little great, bit of my awesome. story. No, I love that. So your assistant coach was Alan Iverson. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying, I'm a Philly guy. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, so this is a good segue. Uh, so what we do with our guests, we, we go through and ask them a few questions. Uh, so we'll uh, go through the questions with you. And then uh, once uh, we get those uh, questions answered, you're free to go you know, proceed with your day of Get some ozone. Have an important, get some <laughs> ozone and have a much more important conversations, much more important people. Than, uh, <laughs> All good, I, man. 
please describe your first experience with cannabis, if you remember. Ooh, oh, this one is an interesting one. My first experience with cannabis actually is a three-part experience, if that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. I was known as like the square, right? Yeah. The, the, the guy who doesn't do anything. And so throughout high school, I was always the designated driver. I was always the responsible one, quote unquote, responsible one. And after I graduated college, a couple of my friends that I was still friends with from high school would meet up with me. We'd go out to hang out at clubs and things like that. And, and um, they would always like, I'd be driving and they'd be rolling up in the passenger seat or whatever. And then, you know, they would go about their business and they just stopped offering because they knew, they knew the answer. Right. So, and and I'm talking like years, years of this. Right. 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 And then there was one day I was 24 years old and my buddy was rolling up and I was like, Hey, let me hit that. He was like, man, get out of here. What you get out of here. I'm like, no, for real. Let me hit that. Man, you ain't whatever. So uh, we pulled over and, and I hit it and I didn't feel anything. Nothing. Right. right? Now, mind you, I didn't know what I was supposed to feel. And in that moment, because, you know, I I have a a very observant brain. I'm a very curious person. And I thought, man, if what I'm feeling right now is what everybody else is feeling, then everybody's bullshitting me. Right. You know, because like I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of scratch it off like, yeah, it is what it is. So the next time, the second time, same thing happened. Literally the same thing happened. And my homeboy was like, huh, okay. All right. You know what? Listen, next time, next time I'm going to get you high, boy. You know, like, (laughs) I'm going to get you high today, Craig, you know? That's right. (laughs) And so he got what was known as kind bud, I guess, which is is grown a little bit differently. It's more potent. And let's just say (laughs) that it scared the shit out of me, man. Like, I was... And, you know, I, I, I hate to admit this, but like we we were on the way to a club. I was driving and we had we had drank a little bit, just just enough to get a buzz. Right. You know, um, and again, it's just it's stupid of us. But like, whatever, we were we were teenagers um, or well, I was I was 24. But you know what I mean? 20 is um, still stupid. Yeah, still stupid. Right. Yeah. And um, and so we're driving, going to the club. We're on a highway. You know, it's like a, a three lanes on one side, three lanes on the other side with a huge median in, in the middle. And there's a point to all this. Um, I was like, look, I don't want to waste this experience. So I'm going to do what I would normally do, you know, pregame. And then we drive to the club and then it is what it is. But he's over there with a, this shit eating grin on, on his face. And he's just like, yeah, we're about to get you. So I'm like, OK, let's do it again. <laughs> now, this time he had to teach me how to inhale properly right, and right. all that other stuff. Right. right. Because like maybe I was just blowing it off. OK, right. sure. So I hit it, hit it right. But I hit it hard. <laughs> and then I hit it again hard. Yeah. And then moments later, I'm not I'm not even talking like like an hour later or anything like that. I'm talking like moments later. I was like, oh, (laughs) wait a minute. And and my homeboy was like, bro, you need to you need to drive faster. The speed limit was 70 miles an hour. I was going 35. (laughs) Right lane. All these trucks. It's like that Cheech and Chong movie where they just, yeah, you're going too fast. You're stopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going 35 miles an hour on a 70 miles an hour highway. Uh, And that big, huge median in the middle, like I was swerving 35 miles an hour, (laughs) swerving, thinking that the cars on the other side were going to hit me. Oh, my God. 
So my boy was like, oh. He's like, now you know what it is. Now you felt it. Yeah, he's like, got him. So, um, so we, I, I was like, I'm pulling over. Uh, he's like, no, 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 don't pull over, don't pull over. Cause like, you know, that's not good. I'm like, nope, I'm pulling over. As I'm pulling over, I'm, I'm applying light pressure to the brakes at 35 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm applying light pressure to the brakes and it felt like my foot was going out the grill of the front of the car. <laughs> so I was like, man. And then we get, we finally make it to the club and I'm like, I don't want to be around anybody. He's like, man, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. We go into this club. Music is boom, boom, boom. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like this for you and other people, but for me, music really enhances my experience. Yeah. You know, like right yeah. now, I love listening to music when I'm elevated. Yeah. Then I did not. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was just like, bong, da, bong, da, bong, da, bong. and then I would see all these faces and it looked like, like morphed devil yeah. faces. And I'm just uh, like, yeah. oh my God. But I, I surpassed that. And yeah. somehow you, know, you decide to try it again after all that. Three, three years later, I did. <laughs> three yeah. years later. It took a little bit of time recovery. Yeah. See if you would have known what was That's right for problem. you. You asked him a question. What am I putting in my in my body before I try? Bingo, when bingo. When you're 24, people are like, ah, whatever. Just give me something. Yeah, know. just give me something. Like exactly. Well, well, you kind of just alluded to the next question because that's the question is about music and what you go to, whether when you're elevated or just uh, your go to kind of music. Is there an album? Is there a genre? Is there a song? What do you like to listen to? <clears throat> Um, that is a great question, but I, I have to say, as as generalized as it is, um, pretty much any music becomes heightened. Like I, I will appreciate any type of music, and I, I almost, again, like we talked about before, with the hyper focus, yeah, I will really understand the hi-hat i will really feel the bass boom 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 i will really understand yo he was in the studio and he damn like how did he layer and so it's like i'm really in it yeah and and um sometimes like what i'll do is i'll just turn music on and it's like meditation i just will feel it and i like to pick my little um music box and put it on the bed and let the vibrations go through me, man. It's like, yeah. it's so, so cool. But pretty much any genre, if I had to choose, I would definitely say hip hop or R&B. Yeah. Lately, I've been really into African hip hop and the underground garage out of out of the UK. Oh, yeah. uh, as, as they call garage. 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 garage <laughs> so music. I'm gonna, there was a show uh, on Netflix called People Just Do Nothing. And it's all about these guys that are garage guys that they have a radio station highly recommend it because the music is really good i'm, uh, I'm totally into that deal and i agree with you the enhancement of music i can get into anything and i, do, I have the same experience as you really really honing in and listening to every part of that just with country music i still am not able to get into that i tried many times man but i can't do it so john yeah. said he's gonna get me into country yeah i good, did good good point <laughs> Good point. I mean, we gotta listen, find I'm, somebody on the show that can get us into country. I know <laughs> somebody's gotta get us. I'm, into country. I'm from Oklahoma. Oh yeah, so, right. It's the it's the you know Oklahoma and Texas is like the heartland of of, of country, country music. Right. In fact, like uh, Garth Brooks, you know, one of the icons of country yeah. music is from Oklahoma, right. and so I grew up listening to country. Don't get it twisted. I mean, yeah. in fact, my first few steps into New York City when I first moved into New York City, I had cowboy boots on. So. Oh boy. So uh, they're like, you're you not know, from here, are you? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. You ain't from these parts. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I mean, I, I'm not saying that I I will search out for country music, but if it's playing, I'm gonna vibe it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, and again, I might have to consume more to do yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, we'll, we'll give another shot, John. You know what we should do, John? We should uh, medicate prior to the show and then put on some country and see if it makes a difference. We we should do that on on every show. I think we should we should elevate. I love this term let's, elevate, let's by the way. Let's, I'm, I'm going to adopt it. That's let's, a great term. Let's elevate. Let's Thank elevate. you for sure. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So what has cannabis meant in your life? Oh, I could sum it up in one word, which has so much meaning behind it. But cannabis has meant awareness. And I, I'll expand a little bit on that. And the reason is, is because what we talked about previously, the vilification of cannabis kept me from truly experiencing so much more in life. Mm. And I don't fault anybody but myself necessarily. And I would maybe fault ignorance. And, you know, and I think there's also a lot of design and, and purposefully trying to vilify it. But um, it has opened up so much more. It's like cannabis has been the key to unlocking lots within my life. Mm. Lots. And then not only my internal awareness, but the awareness of those around me. And again, going back to just the one word, it means awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great word. That's said. All right. Bonus question. <laughs> Describe what your room looked like growing up, if you remember. Yeah. So parts of it, in fact, you know, this is interesting because you can use things like this to increase memory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they call them memory palace. There right? you go. It's a biohack. Yeah, look, we can always go deep and we can yeah. always, you know, <laughs> there's so much we can always talk about, which I love. I love that kind of stuff. But anyway, I had to do this before in trying to create a memory palace. And so I do have a visual of my room. Basically, it was, it was two, two different beds. Now, one of the first images that comes to mind is the first room that I grew up in, because right. there was a home in which uh, my dad and my uncle, his brother, they built by hand. And then after my mom and dad got divorced, my brother and I moved away. And then when we came back, we were in a different house. And so um, both houses are very different rooms and I have very different memories about each of those. The first one was two separate beds on either side of the room. And and one of the distinct things that I recall is that there was a window by one of the beds and then there was a, a light not a chandelier, but like, you know, a light hanging in the middle of the room. And the reason why I remember that is because there was one time in which my brother was tossing up a ball in the room as we were told not to, it broke and the glass from the light cut him. So that's why I remember that the window. I remember because we used to always look out the window, um, you know, and things like that. Now that was so early on that I can, I can't really place much more, but the other room when I was a little bit older I can recall because there was bunk beds. I remember it was cluttered, you know, it was always cluttered. Um, but there was a TV just outside of the, of the, of the bunk beds because we used yeah. to play Nintendo on it, you know, like yeah. Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, uh, right. Tecmo Bowl, all that stuff. So that's why I'm able to recall those things. Yeah. And Did you have any posters I, or anything on, on the walls? Or Yeah, we had a lot of martial arts posters mm-hmm. because, you know, I grew up in martial arts. I don't know if we if you knew that or we talked about that, but oh, that's cool. my martial arts background always had some kind of like, um, oh, also we would have uh, our trophies. So my brother and I accrued a lot of trophies throughout our our, um, 
our childhood right. from and these weren't just like participation <laughs> trophies like kids get now these are, <laughs> no. these are real these are the real things no. you gotta <laughs> win or you <laughs> don't get a trophy <laughs> right I, in fact i'm glad you said that john because i saw a meme not too long ago that was talking about what happened at the capitol and overtaking it yeah. and somebody yeah. wrote like and this is why we don't believe in participation <laughs> trophies right, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> You can't exactly. just participate. Exactly. I participated. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, God, man. Oh, Privilege. Cool. Where can people find more about you? Where can people reach out to you? Yeah. Um, you can most easily find me at Joshua J. Holland on pretty much any social media platform. And that's at Joshua J O S H U A J Holland, H O L L A N D, like the country. And that's also my website, www.joshuajholland.com. And I have my own podcast as well. It's at Simply Walk the Talk. And that is a podcast in which I talk about everything. You yeah. know, it's it literally like this yeah. in that the idea is for it to be very conversational, very fun. I talk a lot about a lot of cool things. And I have some very, very, very interesting podcast episodes coming out for 2021. One in which I have to conceal the identity of one of my guests <laughs> And uh, you will definitely want to listen to this one. It wasn't me. I'm wide open. It wasn't me. You had to, yeah. you you have have to, to change your guest identity. voice a little bit? <laughs> well, we, we haven't recorded it yet, but okay. we, will change the, we will change the guest oh, voice and come up with That's a new name. And it's not any of my celebrity clients. So I'll just put that out okay. there. But, Still interesting. Um, but Witness it's, protection. But it's very, very fascinating. So, so stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm now, I had an awesome right time. Uh, and I appreciate you having me on your podcast. It was a, a lot of fun. Josh, thank you so much. Thank I you, really Josh. appreciate you joining us. Of course. Uh, you shared some amazing information. And uh, yeah, brother, all the best to you, man. Really appreciate you. So fun. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all that you're doing. This is a very fun show. So I hope people continue to support. Talk to you guys soon. All right, all Josh. Right. Stay elevated. Thanks, brother. All right. Take care. It's cool, right? You have the best guest, man. Every Dude, time. I'm telling you, man, I did this ozone thing. I just want to touch on it for a second. <laughs> so I sat in a chair. I did all the stuff. He, it was. The, I did the helmet. I, I want to try everything you You're has. amazing. I, I would have tried none of it. So that's great. <laughs> so this thing, so he's explaining everything that he was explaining. And he showed me the oil and he showed me how all these things are filtered in the oil. And he's like, you ready? What are you going to do is you're going to open your mouth. And you don't want to inhale it, but just open your mouth and it's going to absorb your nose, your mouth. So you can see the vapor from this hose. And he's, I have my mouth open. It's going in my mouth and my nose. I closed all of a sudden. And there's pictures of it. And there, you can listen to it in his podcast and stuff. My eyes started tearing. Stuff, my, my nose, I started, stuff started coming out of my nose. Jesus. He gave me a tissue in advance. That was not enough. So I'm like, okay, I blew my nose. It's like tear and I thought gas. it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, it was like tear. And I thought it was fine. And then it kept going and going. And I'm fine. And it kept coming back. And then I got home and I'm like, man, I just don't feel well. Yeah. And I, it was like that for two days. So, wow. Yeah, it was an experience. So so you probably wouldn't do that again. Did it, did um, it when it was all done, did you sort of feel like, oh, I kind of feel purified? Like maybe it was just taking a lot of toxins out of your body? I, maybe. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again. I just uh I just know what to expect now. Yep. So I have a different expert. It's, it's everything you do, like, like cannabis or anything else that you do. You kind of want to. You're going into it blindly. You're like, holy shit, fuck. And yeah. then you're like, 
okay, after, you know what the better example is analogy is getting a tattoo. Mm -hmm. So when I got my next to last tattoo, I don't know, 10 years ago, it was in New York and it was very painful. And it was very painful on like the back of my arm, Mm -hmm. right by my armpit. I felt like it was burning, like somebody was burning me. Uh, And then I thought about it, I'm like, man, I'm done. I'm not getting any more tattoos. But after time, eh, you know what? The pain doesn't feel the same anymore in my brain. So I went and got another one. And it wasn't as bad as I remember the other one being. Granted, it was a different spot. But, uh, you know, so it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, remind me um, two things. One is to never get an ozone treatment and to never get a tattoo. (laughs) No tattoos or ozone for John. I don't like, like pain. Little, I don't like sniveling everywhere. No, I mean, I, he's definitely intriguing. And the fact that he, you know, trains all these famous people and, yeah, you know, there's he's a lot so of healthy and he has such that. great, he has such great energy and he obviously is doing something right. Yeah. He's a great dude. I, I really like him a lot. So. Yeah. Good dude. Um, well, speaking of Josh and what he's going, I want to talk a little bit about fitness and diets and kind of uh, get your feedback. Like if you've ever done any crazy diets or not even crazy, cause I don't even like the word diet, but any kind of food routine that you do and any kind of fitness routine, I can share some of the stuff that I've gone through. You know, I worked at fitness magazine for a number of years. And during that time, I tried a lot of different types. I did mainly not so much diets as different fitness <clears throat> things. Like I took a pole dancing right. class and everything, but, um, How was that? Oh, I love pole any, dancing get money. Uh, no, Did I you go out. Yeah. People, it was weird. Like people would just start slipping dollar bills into my, my underwear waistband. It was really awkward. You kind um, of, you kind of just like, I pole dancing and you started going, you need to pause on that for a while. Uh, pole dancing is not really, and I don't want to, I tried, no, there's no gender association Let's roles, say, but I'm going to be so inappropriate. I tried right everything. Now. Yeah. I tried, I tried everything at fitness. I was, it was, it was for the story. I did it for the story. Right. I mean, I did everything from like roller derby to pole dancing to, but anyway, you asked about diets. I haven't been crazy. I have friends that have been crazy, like drinking their own urine and stuff like that, which I, I I had to draw the line there. What what would that do? uh, Apparently it's, I don't know. You get to a certain kind of, uh, don't even get me started. It was, was, I heard peeing on somebody if they get stung by the jellyfish. Well, that I have a story about. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) During my, my honeymoon, actually, my, my wife and I, jumped out. We were in Amalfi in in Italy, in the Amalfi coast, and we jumped out into the water and we started swimming and my wife started screaming hysterically. And I was like, are you getting bit by a shark? She goes, ah, and I started swimming away. This is a story she loves to tell. Rather than rescue my wife on her honeymoon, I swam away and got got back on the boat. (laughs) And she finally got back on the boat. And, you know, it turned out we had both been stung by a lot of jellyfish and and yeah. he, and she was crying and I and mad at me that I didn't rescue her and then the guy the boat driver just said yeah you've got to pee in her now and I was like excuse yeah. me <laughs> he's yeah, like that's yeah. it that's he's a, like peeing yeah apparently it works she didn't like that so not only did I save her but I gave her a golden shower <laughs> and it was a nightmare it something it's a miracle that we are still married that's um, that's Trump's excuse by the way what, what oh the golden shower. showers yeah he was just helping somebody after a, a jellyfish thing <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Man, that video never surfaced. I, maybe it will now. I don't know. We all know it's real. We all know it. But deep inside, we know that that sure. is not fake news. So, but the, but, I mean, so the craziest dance. thing I've done is, yeah, I've pole danced and done the Whole30. Uh, and the Whole30 is where you just don't, for 30 days, you just eat Whole Foods. Um, not Whole Foods, like Whole Foods rest, uh, Whole Foods grocery store, but, you know, not um, sugar, not grain, not wheat, right. not um, legume. And... You know, I hated it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight, 
but I find all those things are very unsustainable. And so yeah. I got off of sugar at the beginning of last year. I made a New Year's resolution that I wasn't going to eat sugar. And I, and I interviewed a woman who wrote How to Break Up with Sugar, a book about how to break up with yeah. sugar. And I actually did that. I actually did that for about three or four months. I just didn't eat sugar. And it was a really actually quite a good thing. I lost a ton of weight. I felt good. But I can't say that I've, I'm back on the, <laughs> I'm back on the wagon. Is that the word? It's, I, yeah. Sugar you fell is, off the wagon. You're I back fell on. off the wagon. I'm back on. So I, I'm back to do. sugar. I, but, but, yeah. but what it did was it made me be very aware of sugar and what it's in and not, I'm pretty healthy guy, but I, I mean, I was eating way too much sugar and yeah. it was really screwing with everything. My immunity, my just feeling lousy and, you know, I just, so I'm now much more mindful about sugar, but I'm yeah. not crazy. My wife is on a pretty intense diet now called ideal protein. She's lost 25 pounds, but it doesn't look fun. And I'm like, you're never no. going to stay on this. I mean, that's I don't, the thing you can't sustain. Yeah. It's like if it, the word, you know, diet has the word die in it. It makes you want yeah. to die. If you do it, it's a terrible yeah, word. I, I don't eat sugar. So that, I think that's the number one thing that I think that's very important probably sustainable but i tried all kinds of interesting things not not because i'm like super overweight or anything like that but i tried different things so the the one thing that i remember doing um you know 10 12 years ago i read this book called fit for life mm -hmm. and it talked about food combining yeah so you don't eat carbs and proteins together mm -hmm. and That's at the same the meat time potatoes diet is like the stupidest right. diet exactly yeah. it's the stupidest thing and made no no yeah. sense but at that time, I also stopped eating meat altogether. So I was like, oh shit, all right, I'm gonna do this. And I and honestly, I think I just started like separating from my my ex-wife and I was gonna go through a divorce. So probably the timing of everything wasn't the best. But what I did was I stopped food combining. So every single morning I would just uh, juice. I would have like uh, you know, vegetable and fruit juice mixed together. Then at lunch, it would just be a big salad of greens and a dinner. It would be a protein uh, with a salad, mm -hmm. or a or a complex carb with a salad. So, like, piece of fish with a salad, or like, uh, you know, some sort of wild rice or something yeah. that with a salad. And that was it. And you weren't. And I would work. I was starving the yeah. entire time, That's starving. And and I would work out twice a day. I would do yoga, like pretty intensely, and then I would uh, go in and work out at the gym. So I'm like, holy shit! I dropped weight so quickly. I was a size 29 waist. Mm -hmm. I had just about a six pack. There was like right. two that were sort of almost a showing four up. Pack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a, like a four and a half pack. Let's call <laughs> okay. it. But I was feeling amazing, but I was always hungry. I was feeling amazing, probably agitated too. So um, I was living in this condo in Toluca Lake and my parents come to visit. So they get off the elevator. My mom gets off the elevator and she's like, oh, <gasps> Oh my God, what's wrong? Are you <laughs> sick? Oh you're, are you sick? Your face is like this. Yeah, and I'm smushing my face. And, yeah. and your eyes, you, what is going on? I'm like, mom, I'm like you fucking six pack. Right. Look at me. I'm, I'm going. She goes, no, you look sickly. Yeah, it, it didn't, I didn't look healthy, I guess. I don't know. It's so, you need somebody else to tell you that. You don't see it necessarily. Yeah. No, and it was, it was something that's unsustainable, but I did continue not to eat meat. And uh, the other thing that I, I tried was a lectin thing. I don't know if you're familiar with There's mm -hmm. a, this doctor, David Gundry, mm -hmm. and he uh, talks about lectins. And I'm not going to go into a whole, uh, people can Google it, but uh, a lot of it uh, is in different, like uh, in tomatoes, in uh, different legumes and stuff. 
So I went for a lectin-free diet for a little while. And that was probably the most difficult thing that I ever did because I don't eat meat and mm-hmm. I don't eat processed foods. And I love legumes and I love nightshades and all that yeah. stuff. And I couldn't eat any of that. I mean, when you get to the point where you can't eat anything except for like- That's what it was. Yeah. I was starving my, my, and, I, was, and I, I get these meal things that I cook and I couldn't eat any of it. And I was literally just not being able to eat anything. So I couldn't maintain that. But from there, what I would suggest to people is pull bits and pieces out that you can integrate into your life. And you you don't have to go that stringent. So for me, sugar is one. Processed foods is another. And simple carbs. Like I don't eat pasta. I haven't had pasta online. I had pasta maybe twice in the last couple of years. But- I don't really eat that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, I can still have, you know, a normal meal plan. I can still eat normally still enjoy. And I don't have to have that kind of stuff. I don't have a craving for it. Like I don't have a craving for a steak. I do have a craving for buffalo wings every once in a while. Well, that's, I'm making buffalo wings tonight. So that is, that is my favorite thing. I love love grilling barbecue wings, spicy barbecue. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite thing. And of course it's filled with sugar and it's terrible. Um, All that stuff. But, you know, I think it's also some type, you know, Tim Ferriss has like cheat days. I mean, you can you can do the cheat days. And sometimes you realize on the cheat days, you don't even feel that good after. And you don't even like want to eat that much. One thing I've been doing that I find pretty effective and I don't, it's like I've trained my body to do this is this fasting, intermittent fasting, where yeah. I I basically don't eat after, you know, seven or seven o'clock at night until about noon the next day. And yeah. I'm not hungry. I'm not craving breakfast. And I, I think it's been helping me keep a certain weight that I'm, I still need to lose about 10 pounds, but I'm, you know, I had lost about 20 pounds before COVID hit. And then because I was doing a competition with my friends um, yeah. and I won and I, and I didn't want to gain it back. Cause I was like, this is yeah. pretty cool. I like being this weight. Um, and that's helped a lot. I'm still, I, COVID has been tough. The COVID 15 is a real, is real. Let me tell you folks, but, um, and or 19, the COVID 19, yeah, the COVID 19. You said 15. No, I meant the COVID 15 pounds. Yeah. You could also. <laughs> I was like, is there a new, is there a new virus that I don't know no, about? The COVID, COVID 15, 15 is the COVID. Yeah. 15 pounds. It's like COVID the freshman 19? 15. Yeah. No, the COVID 15 is, is my own little patented thing that I just made up. Yeah. Jonathan Small TM COVID 15. Uh, that, that's, by the way, that's great marketing. COVID 15. Everybody's going to buy that book. Exactly. Uh, everybody's going to be on that diet. What shirt are you wearing today? You would not be familiar with this place, but there is a... The Golden State? The Golden State is a rest in peace. The best hamburger I've ever had in my entire life in California was served at the Golden State, which was a a restaurant on Fairfax, closed last week. And I bought a shirt just as as a kind of show of my support. And I knew we were going to be talking about food today. So I wanted to give it up for my people at the Golden State. They also own... A bunch of different restaurants they own a restaurant called colfax which is a really nice uh and they also own blood so's which is a barbecue restaurant they're definitely on the media oh, yeah, yeah, I know meaty, yeah yeah they're definitely more on the meaty side of things but i'm I sure you can go blood to blood so's and find something actually you could probably find not one thing that you could eat at blood so's i don't know because thing I, I, I went i went one time and somebody pre-ordered for me there was a, a dinner yeah and uh, you're like i, I got you i got you i pre-ordered everything and uh, everything had meat everything even the collard greens probably Collard greens and the mac and cheese. Oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> so the only thing I ate was uh, was the muffins or whatever. No, my god, cornbread. That was it. The cornbread. Well, I'll save a um, chicken wing for you tonight. So that's Golden State. 
do you have like uh like your top three favorite restaurants in la in la where do you um, go or whatever where i mean the place to? i always go and it's really embarrassing to admit this um <laughs> Chipotle, Chipotle, no. Uh, No, it's a kind of a chain, but I got to say, do you eat sushi? Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So sushi's my favorite. And, you know, I got to say, there's a plate, there's a chain. I think they've opened up one in New York now, too, called Sugarfish, which was. yeah. Sugarfish is the the absolute best takeout. Did I ever tell you my Sugarfish story with the the sushi Nazi where I got kicked out? No, but I know the sushi Nazi and he's (laughs) he's immortalized in in, uh, Simpsons. Um, I get kicked out. I got I yelled at. I got yelled at. But let's talk. Let's explain this. This was a guy that owned a restaurant in, <laughs> in the Valley that was right outside one of the studios. A lot of like studio execs would eat there. Yep. And he, they be, they called him the Sushi Nazi. I don't know what came yep. first, Seinfeld Soup Nazi or the Sushi Nazi. But anyway, yeah. you had to eat whatever was on his menu. You yep. could not order off menu. And yep. he was very tough. Nazawa, I think his name was. Yeah, it's Chef uh, Nozawa. Yeah, it's Nozawa. Yeah, yeah. And there was Nozawa. Yeah, there's Nozawa in, in the valley. So I went, and uh, it was Salmon Day or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't love salmon. It's not my favorite sushi. I can eat it. It's okay. Salmon. Everything was salmon. Everything. Yeah. So I uh, went and asked if I could uh, change, and they said no. And I said uh, I made the mistake of saying, "Well, I'm paying for my meal," and they told me, uh, you "Don't you don't have to pay? Just leave." And that was it. I got kicked out because <laughs> I wanted to That's change your badge stuff. of honor. Yeah, he he got mad. I I was like, do you know? Can I get a, like maybe a, a tuna roll with this? And he's like, no, <laughs> no tuna roll for you. Yeah, I mean, it really was like no that. soup for you. People loved it. It was. Uh, it was. Yeah, you were. I forgot what it. There was a sign right above him that said something like, you know, you will eat what I serve or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, do, no no replacements. No. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, his son opened up a chain called Sugarfish, which could kind of took yep. some of the best of. Um, those hours delicacies they do these price fix trust they're called the trust me that trust me trust me the trust me menus so you have to trust them you cannot order off menu and they're it's incredible i love that place it's It's the same thing every time but it's incredible how brilliant is their takeout box oh it's beautiful you open it up it's beautiful but it tells you what pairings you should have what the fish is right. and what sauce to pair with that specific It's the fish. endocana of uh of uh <laughs> right of sushi, it's, right? It's <laughs> I mean it's like you should have this, you know, only have this sushi if you yeah. are you know, if you want to have great sex tonight or whatever. Yeah. My favorite sushi in LA so far is Matsuhisa. Mm-hmm. That to me is it's incredible. Because to me that's the original for those of you that don't know it's like Nobu. He's Matsuhisa. the Nobu guy. Yeah, he's yeah. A, that's his restaurant and I haven't been there in a while since, uh, you know, COVID, but uh, it never, never, never fails. I've never, ever had anything but an extraordinary meal there. It's pricey, but man, I mean, it's just fantastic. And there's not a lot of changes you can make to that menu either, but you don't need to. And then uh, I don't know if anybody knows Marimoto. He was an iron chef when he opened up a restaurant in, uh, in Philly. That was an amazing place. Now he's got one in Vegas too and a bunch of other places. And then I have uh, uh, Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Which is on it's Melrose a special restaurant, yeah, amazing restaurant. Uh, Travis Barker, I think, is one of the owners uh, as well. Uh, which we, is uh, a vegan yeah, restaurant. it's a vegan restaurant. We ate at a very good re- vegan restaurant together. Yeah, do you remember that Cafe Gratitude? Cafe Gratitude, yeah, I yeah. remember that. It's when you interviewed me, and then yeah, here we are. I think I was like one uh, of our first. Cafe Gratitude is amazing. I love that. So Crossroads and Little Pine are my two favorite vegan restaurants. Little Pine is Moby's restaurant. Right. It's in Silver Lake. Fantastic. Is it vegan? Yeah, it's fully vegan. 
the menu always changes. Well, he's, yeah, he's a huge animal guy. The menu always changes, but it's the sauces, man. It's the sauces. It's always in the sauce, right? Amazing. Yeah. You you can't really eat that kind of food without sauce. I I, I found that's what, that's why I like, um, yeah. That's why if you're ever going to cook vegan, um, you got to, you got to have the sauces. I've been doing VB6 too. VB6 is vegan before 6 p.m. Um, have you heard about VB6? No. Uh, this is a guy, Mark Bittman, is a big, uh, kind of a big food writer. Another guy I've yeah. talked to on my podcast, and he he has this thing called VB6, which is like he believes that you just you have to stay vegan before six. I'm not great with that, but I'm trying. Anyway, let's let's get into music. By the way, have you um, heard? Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Because mine, yeah, does... matches my my shirt. Oh, as good. Well. well, yeah. So I think yeah. you should go first. So let me let me just share my shirt first. Okay. Wow, the Black Keys. So, so this is the Black, Black Keys. Keys. They're the last tour that they did. Uh, I think it's two man band, uh, Patrick and Dave, uh, from Ohio. And the reason why I'm bringing up the Black Keys is because. I'm going to start, I'm going to take a different angle with you on blues. I'm going to try, instead of going through really muddy trying. waters. You're really trying. <laughs> and how yeah. I failed miserably right. during Fox. This podcast should be called, I'm trying to convince John to like the blues. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> funk was a failure for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a different angle. No, with no, that no. One. I, I Next still time. Like funk. Yeah. P-Funk. Yeah. Well, we'll just call yeah. it P-Funk. But blues, I went, instead of going through traditional blues, I figured I'd take modern blues bands that were playing modern blues, share some songs with them and start like getting your ear a lot more prepared to what uh, the okay. bass. This bass is modern blues. blues. Modern blues. As so opposed to the moody blues. It's moddy blues. <laughs> modern. 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 I right, let's see. Hey. really cute i like that good video uh no i really like that song i it, it seems vaguely familiar to me but i i think i'm into the black keys i yeah, love the drum beat on that one oh well so it's patrick that's doing the drums when you see him in concert they used to play two man like uh like the white stripes would play a, a two-person band that's right. it's uh dave and patrick and he's a great drummer and dave is a is a great musician so that's tightened up by the black keys that's cool um 
your voice. I don't know if, if my if my uh, thing is playing your uh, your voice in a funny level, but I, I might it might just be that your that the ozone is kicked in because I you, <laughs> you sound a little different there for a minute. All right, yeah, I'm gonna, sounds weird. Yeah, well, let's say let's say hello. <clears throat> hello. I don't know. Sound I, weird. It sounds like it sounds like you went slower, which is hilarious, which will be great for the podcast because it sounds like you're a pitch slower, like you're a one, you're like a 0.08 instead of a one. I love it. You're gonna sound like you know it's like. Ugh. All right, I have to share my screen with you. I just want to make sure that we do the sound thing. How do we do that again? We did that just when you share a screen. Check the box. <laughs> yeah, uh, you definitely have. You definitely <laughs> have the sound. Your your voice is a different. Uh, that's hilarious. Wow, that's I weird. love it. All right. All right, okay. uh, share a sound. All right, here we go. This is a song that I discovered on Sirius XM. exhaling that seemed like the perfect uh, I love that. song to that end great. this podcast on whether it's ozone or the chronic or some resin what do you think rosin rosin, rosin. sorry resin's different. you know you know what the resin is no what is resin that's the in the, that's the inside of your pipe so when you smoke all the stuff that's inside is resin and there was one moment we can talk about in future podcasts where i had to scrape the resin out of my bowl because I was out of weed when I was a kid. So All that's, right, that's, that's the right. Len that sounds like Hulk Hogan. I can't wait for you to hear this back <laughs> because you sound like Hulk Hogan now. I the wonder way, what's, why it's doing it. Uh, it's that's something. Cool. It's something just with the with the the recording. It might be just my roadcaster. It's hilarious and and made my day. Um, Len, this has been a fantastic episode. Yeah, a lot of fun, brother. <laughs> Just say WWF. I think I had too much gamma. (laughs) You had too much gamma. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.